Hello, hello. My name is Dr. Rachel Gainsborough, and I am obsessed with all things short-term rentals, revenue streams, and helping you navigate your career, real estate, and your busiest and most wonderful seasons of life. I'm an immigrant, a pharmacist, a wife, and a mom who took one guest room rental and turned it into a multi-property seven-figure real estate business, which has also landed us on TV. I'll teach you the real secrets and everything you need to build a short-term rental business that you love. I discuss the hard topics, mistakes I've made, and the mistakes others have made so you don't have to make them for yourself. Financing, automations, acquisitions, low occupancy, scaling, and building your team all while balancing your life are all subjects to be discussed here. Consider me that one best friend you can come to with your short-term rental business questions. So grab your coffee, get comfortable as you get ready to learn and grow with me. This is the Luxury Short-Term Rental Doctor podcast. Hello, hello, beautiful people. Tonight, I have with me the amazing Preston Knight from Anderson Business Advisors, I think you're going to find so much value in our discussion tonight because here's the deal. This is like the ugly behind the scenes truth that some of us do not like to face head on. But you know what? I'm going to take the blows for you. I am bringing in Preston. We're going to talk all things risk mitigation, asset protection, business entity setup, all things related to that. Preston, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us tonight. Welcome to our show, the Luxury Short-Term Rental uh, Show. And can you start by sharing a little bit about your background in law? And what I love is that you're also a small business owner and a real estate investor as well. So you feel our pain on all the levels. For those of you who are medical professionals who are getting into real estate, who have a Side hustle, small business as well. I think we're in great company. So Preston, please go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background and your journey. Yeah, thanks, Dr. Rachel. I really, I'm so happy to be here. I'm glad I was able to, to join you on this. Yeah, so my journey started in 2011. I was in the military at the time and I had a mentor who was like, hey, you need to buy a rental property. I was like, okay. And that's where it started with one guy saying, hey, guess what? You need to go buy a rental property. And if anybody has been around the block a while, 2011 and 2012 were a good time to buy, right? So that was fantastic. But anyway, so that's where we started. My wife and I, we jumped head into that and we started with three rental properties. Okay, we'll start with three. And I got out of the military, went to law school. This is my second career right? So I was like, hey, I want to be an attorney. That sounds like a fantastic idea. Let's do it. Wife was on board. And then after law school, we just continued growing our businesses. So we have a, a side business that not a side business. Her business is a, a service business. It's an active business. Taxed as an S corporation. That's something that we can talk about later if we have time, probably not. But so we have that. We have our real estate investments. We've had all the problems you can think of with the tenant from somebody left the irrigation water and flooded the basement to uh, we had to evict people. We've had them all. So we've seen all that in the, in the past 12 years. So we've been around the block. I joined Anderson Advisors and I just absolutely love what I do here. We work with real estate investors all day, every day and business owners and help them set up their asset protection strategies, tax mitigation strategies, and estate planning. And that's where we work. 
I love that. So our listeners, many of whom are also, like I mentioned, medical professionals, they themselves are considering their side hustle career shifts. Like we were talking a little earlier in the green room, we don't need all of the medical professionals to uh, uh, vacate the scene. Of course, we definitely need our medical professionals to be able to practice in a way that serves them as well. And part of that for me actually was starting to uh, branch into real estate investing. So I'm really grateful that you're here because there are some things that we we're top of our game. We're the experts in many of um, the specialties that we have either learned about or we um, have put into practice through training live. But as far as the financial pillars, as far as the world of taxes, even some of the basics, could you explain to our audience, what is it? What is asset protection? What are the basics associated with uh, asset protection as it relates to real estate? And why is it critical for investors to have that top of mind, uh, especially medical professionals, to be honest? First of all, thank you all for what you do. I know someday I'm going to need a doctor to do something and hopefully you don't all jump ship and become real estate investors, but I really appreciate what you do. But having some sort of side hustle, a way to really protect and grow your wealth, I, I think is a great thing. That's why we all jump into it, right? We want some somewhere to put our money that's not going to be devalued at 3% a year. But yeah, as far as asset protection, though, I'll tell you a little bit of a little story about me when I first started. That same mentor was like, hey, you need to get you need to get rental property. I'm like, okay, great. So I bought a rental property. First one. All right. Now what? He's like, you need to put it in an LLC. I don't even know what that is. Again, before law school, before law school. I didn't even know what it was. I'm like, okay. So I go on the Secretary of State website. I form an LLC. Never even deeded the property into the LLC, totally exposed. I owned that property in my name the entire time, right? Because I had no idea what I was doing. Because like you, I had another career. I had something else that was more important. I was an air traffic controller and see all this gray hair. That's where it came from. That and I'm a father of two teenagers. But yeah, we just don't have time to learn everything, right? I didn't employ a professional. I just went off some, the guy, the mentor's advice, set up an LLC anyway. But why, it, it was great advice. You do need to set up an LLC, a business structure to protect it. And why? Because if you hold any kind of business property in your own name, number one, you're going to be taxed as a proprietor, which is the worst way to get taxed. And number two, and probably the worst part is if something happens inside of that business, so you have a tenant that falls off a balcony or gets in, invites a bunch of people over, they get in a fight and somebody gets shot, happen which did happen to one of our clients, then that liability goes to the owner of the building, which if it's you as a doctor, it's you. So that's why we use LLCs to protect against that. So the LLC, you think of it as a, a wrap around that property and you're going to hold the property inside of it. And anything that happens inside that wrap, as long as you're running the business correctly, is going to stay inside of it. So it's going to protect you from anything that your tenants would do, especially with short-term rentals, because you have such a high turnover in tenants, you never know who the next person is going to be or how they're going to be. So it's very important to put it into a, an asset protection entity. And we use uh, limited liability companies for that. Awesome. And thank you for that explanation, because I think it's really important. It's something that 
we put on the back burner, like you said before, we have our W-2s. We, like me, I have a whole husband. I have two boys and three dogs. This is just another thing on my to-do list. So I'm very grateful to be in the rooms where the experts who know what they're doing are providing value to both me and my community. So let me ask you this, given your unique position as both an investor, as well as an attorney, how do you approach risk assessment in your own real estate uh, investment portfolio? Yeah, so I think that's really important and it's so customized for everyone. And you just have to, some people are very aggressive. I would say I'm very conservative. So for me, I have several pieces in place to protect myself and my personal wealth from anything that would happen inside of a, a rental property. So for me, I have the LLC. I, that's a first line of defense. The LLC has its own insurance policy on the property. I personally do an umbrella insurance policy over all of my business entities, just as an extra layer of protection. And then probably the third layer I have a holding company that gives me anonymity. So it separates my name, my personal name from my investments. And it's one strategy that we employ quite a lot here at Anderson is we use an LLC uh, generally in Wyoming because Wyoming does not report the ownership publicly. They don't actually even collect the information. So you can set up an LLC in Wyoming and be completely publicly anonymous. There are some government regulations coming down the, the pipe that we're going to have to worry about, but those will not be publicly disclosed. So you're going to get anonymity and you're also going to get the protection of an LLC. And generally we do it in two layers. So you have a property owning LLC and then another LLC between you and that property to, to protect you. So for me, I'm very, like I said, very conservative. I have each property in its own LLC because I don't want to lump them together. Some people will say, I want to put four properties in one LLC. That's a risk assessment. If you're comfortable losing all four, if something happens in one, that's okay. For me, I'm not. So I, I, like I said, very conservative, but we're happy to help anybody and depending on where, uh, where you're at in your investment strategy. Some people will have 200 properties. You don't want 200 LLCs. That's too much to handle. If somebody has two properties and they were to lose them both, that's catastrophic. If somebody has 200 and they lose five, it's not as bad. Okay. So I'm glad that you actually mentioned that because I've heard both sides of the coin, right? So ultimately at the end of the day, um, understanding what's at risk and what it looks like in terms of maintenance on an annual basis, some LLCs, there's annual fees or something that's required to make sure that you're up to par annually. What is that lift if you have 200 LLCs for all your properties? So that is one of the things that I know we need to take into consideration as well. So for our listeners who are thinking about adding, say, real estate to their portfolio in terms of their interest, so they have a W-2, they want to add real estate, but they also want to add a side hustle. So I have members of our community that are just so multi-talented and they have so many amazing different skills and skill sets and interests. Um, I have some who are GI surgeon by day, um, photographer by night, right? And just, and I think it's important. I, I always um, encourage our members to explore other interests because once you, you're able to explore those other interests and you, you go back to the workplace, it just tamps down that burnout because you're able to release it in some artistic form. So 
What does that look like though, in terms of having a side hustle that's like quite lucrative, you're good at it, real estate and the W-2, would you then recommend uh, this individual onboard a variety of different tax specialists or tax strategists? Or do you believe that Anderson, and we'll talk about some of your service offerings, but do you believe that Anderson would be able to look at that as a whole and help with the guidance towards the decision-making? Yeah. So the great thing about Anderson is we have attorneys, CPAs, and business advisors all under the same roof. And if you have done any sort of business in the past and you've talked to an attorney and then you go and talk to your CPA or accountant, EA maybe, you probably got two different approaches. And the attorney said one thing, the accountant said another, and they don't agree. And it's because the attorney has the legal view, the accountant has the tax view. The great thing is we have them all under one roof. We all understand what each other is saying. Sometimes like you were talking earlier about things that just went right over my head. A lot of medical speak. I'm not, I don't know. But I said, basically the cardiologist, the heart doctor wants you on the ACE inhibitor. Um, The kidney doctor doesn't want you on an ACE inhibitor because of course it's going to impact the way your kidney functions. And so there's, and then the pharmacist is stuck in between, right? Do we protect their heart or do we protect their kidneys? And I said, Preston, I want everything. I want it all. I want my heart. I want my kidneys. I want all my organs. And so (laughs) this is something that we see commonly in medicine too. With the CPA has one viewpoint, the attorney has another viewpoint. And so it's interesting that you guys are going through what we go through in healthcare in a sense. Yeah, but we're all on the same care team, right? So we're all constantly talking. And if an attorney says, oh, we should do it this way. And the CPA has a question of why they can call us directly and then we figure it out. Right. Um, so that's one thing that I think is really great about what we do is we're all on the same page. Now you talk specifically about somebody who maybe has the side hustle and you, large W2 side hustle and maybe want to get into real estate. Yeah. That's me, except I practice law instead of medicine right? It can be done and you just separate those buckets and it depends on your desired outcome. Are you trying to offset some of that W-2 income? I would probably say yes, right? So for just for example, my wife and I, we own that service business, but we also own another business that has a lot of passive loss right now because we bought a lot of really expensive equipment and we're depreciating that. And what does that do for me? It offsets my my W-2 age here at Anderson. So it's fantastic. Yeah. And all of our advisors, all of our attorneys know how to bring all of those things together and put them on one plan. And that's, so it's doable. It's absolutely doable. And it just depends on your the outcome you're looking for. If you're looking to be uh, somebody who's going to start buying more and more properties, but you want to leverage those properties and get loans, then we're going to take one strategy. But if you're like, hey, I'm just going to put cash in and I want to buy properties like we were talking earlier in Florida and just pay cash for them, pay them off. But I also want to protect them and myself from them as much as possible. We have those strategies. So it really just depends. That's the great thing is we're just going to customize it for everyone because everyone has a different outcome that they want. Some people want to really protect the income, right? Because they want to have that in and Toby Mathis, one of our partners, he talks about it all the time, the infinite income. Hey, I just want the income coming in. I don't care about the appreciation in the property. 
I can't eat appreciation. I just want the income. So I'm going to protect that. And some people want to take their extra savings and put it in a vehicle that they can protect that and grow it for themselves or their legacy. So. I love that. So it, it seems like there are multiple ways to skin the cat, but like you just uh, said, what the goal is and the flexibility of working with savvy professionals I think it's key because they, if they can understand that my goal is to grow the portfolio, we can position ourselves in one way versus my goal is to just strictly reduce the W-2 taxes. So can you share a specific case where you're, you were able to successfully use some of your asset protection ninjistic skills to prevent... <laughs> some major financial mishap. And I don't know if that's something that you could look into a crystal ball, but if you can either share that or share some pitfalls, unfortunately, if it was too late to put something in place, I think it's going to maybe drive home a little bit more as to why I feel is very important for our audience to be thinking about it, even if you're not ready to make a move today. But before the end of the year, my goal is to make sure whatever assets you have for your family, for yourself, for your legacy is protected. All of that hard work doesn't really go to waste. And so that is my goal. And that's why I brought you here uh, today, Preston. Yeah. Think of it as preventative medicine, right? We want to practice preventative medicine instead of, uh, what do you call it on the back end? Curative? Yeah. Curative. That's more like, a Yeah. Cure, the cure, react, anyway. <laughs> reactionary. Proactive versus reactive. So unfortunately, I have so many stories, so many, but I'll just share a couple with you. Part of our services here at Anderson is we have an attorney helpline for our platinum clients. And a few months ago, I was on the attorney helpline with a client, very nice lady. She had been a real estate investor for years and years. She invested in mostly in the Carolinas. She had about 25 properties, if I remember correctly. Number of properties doesn't matter. She had a lot of properties. All of them were paid off, 100% paid off. We had her structure built out for her, ready to rock and roll. She never moved her properties into her asset protection structure. And they were all paid off. And she didn't carry any insurance. And a tenant decided to go and get hurt in one of her properties. She called us, called me and asked, hey, what can I do now? Unfortunately, there's nothing you can do because if you move property in anticipation of litigation, most courts will claw that back. And so everything that she had in her name was available for a judgment at that time. And we're talking multi-million dollar judgment, very likely. And she was going to probably lose a lot of her properties. That's one where a little bit of preventative care would have done a whole lot of good on the back end. And there, there's other things as well. So I was talking with another client and she was getting divorced and her husband was being sued. And this is actually a good story. So she was getting divorced is fine, whatever it happens, but her husband was being sued and she was named in the lawsuit as well. But because we were able to set up her structure ahead of time, all of her rental properties were actually protected from that individual lawsuit because we set her up with an LLC in Wyoming that has great charging order protections where even if she loses the suit, they can only get a lien against that LLC. They can't take it from her. So her assets are protected from 
this outside liability. And we have so many stories on both sides. I could probably fill up 15 hours with stories, but those are just two off the top of my head where a little bit of preventative care on the first one, she would have been fine. Maybe she loses one property instead of 20. And then on the other side, they were proactive, got it all taken care of. And it was something on the outside that she was getting sued for. And it still is protected from her. So that's the both sides of that coin. Wow. And it, it's just, it's clear as day, right? After the fact, hindsight is twenty twenty. So thank you for sharing those examples. And I know that we mentioned a little bit earlier, the importance of having that whole care team in the same room. So Preston, talk to us a little bit more. I, I personally know Anderson B Business Advisors is definitely a household name in the real estate world because of course, you all offer a wide variety of uh, services for us as investors. Could you walk us through what it would look like working with Anderson? What are some of the main services that you would say are most popular uh, at the firm for those of us who are W-2 higher income earners just looking for buying for our lives, really? <laughs> yeah, keep Uncle Sam out of your pocket, right? That's the biggest goal. I'm okay paying some, but 40% or 50%, especially for you poor California people. I'm sorry. Anyway, so here at Anderson, the way it works is generally you're assigned either a business advisor or an attorney. And what we do is we set up a game plan. We give you a blueprint like, hey, this is what your business structure is going to look like. And I wish I had mine. I had it printed out. I could just hold it up in front of the camera, but uh, it's not here with me. But really, it's just a it's a step-by-step -step guide on, hey, start, here's the next step, here's the next step. And the great thing is everybody on the team is there with you. So we can help you set up your LLCs. We do it in all 50 states. We can help you set up land trusts if you're in Florida and that's something that you're interested in. We can help you set up corporations for management companies so you can take advantage of the corporate tax code. We can help you with forms for lease agreements and lending documents and all kinds of important business forms like that. We can help you protect your assets that you own with anonymity and even equity stripping. We have all kinds of ways that we can help protect your assets. But we also have a fantastic tax team under the same roof. And we offer all that we offer bookkeeping, we offer tax preparation. So we can really be your one-stop shop for all of that. And then we have a legacy planning department that's for our estate plans. And probably the smartest estate planner I have ever met is under the roof of Anderson. His name is John Anderson. He does not own it. It's just a coincidence. <laughs> but but yeah, we have a fantastic estate planning team as well. And, and we all work in concert. I love that. So one thing that I know that our audience is very much interested in, just because um, the world of creative finance is opening up doors right now, um, especially in this higher interest rate ecosystem. So some of them are looking at perhaps joint venturing. That term is Again, something that's commonly used, but I often wonder if it's used in the most appropriate way. So tell us a little bit about your experience with creating joint ventures, what that would look like. What are some of the considerations as you help individuals to navigate if that's going to be the right path for what the deal looks like? But I just know a lot of people, they say, we're just going to JV this, but what are your thoughts, Preston? 
Yeah. So we do set up joint ventures here at Anderson. And that's one thing that we always require an extensive attorney consult with all of the potential partners on board. So joint ventures are a special um, tool that, that we use for specific kinds of transactions. Like if you're going to do a fix and flip together, if you're going to do a buy and hold, or you're going to do multiple deals together, and you're just coming together as a group of investors, maybe pooling your money, then a joint venture might not be, and probably isn't the right tool. You probably just want like an LLC taxed as a partnership. That might be the best tool going forward. A joint venture is really meant for something that's going to be finite in time, and you're going to have a, a very specific exit strategy. That's why you would use a joint venture. Now, syndications might be something else that people are talking about. That is very specialized, and we don't set up syndications, but we're happy to refer those out. A syndication is where you get more than four or five people together for something similar to a joint venture. Um, but when you start bringing in that many investors, you have to be very careful of the Securities and Exchange Commission. So we don't jump into those waters. You just got me thinking of another question, actually. So what about the tax side of syndications? Do you refer those out to the bookkeeping and taxes? So we won't do the tax preparation for a syndication. Obviously, when you get your K-1 for your depreciation, we can help you prepare that through your personal taxes and any business taxes. Generally, this is a very advanced topic, but we generally don't recommend holding a syndication in your own name either. We generally say you should set up a safe asset LLC to hold your syndication investments. Again, just to prevent, to protect it from anything that might happen to you. So a malpractice suit, employment claim, a car accident, a contract claim against you personally. If it's held in a safe asset protection LLC, then they wouldn't be able to take that away, wouldn't be able to foreclose on that interest. But yeah, syndications is a, a ton of our clients invest in syndications. And it really is a great way if you want to be super passive to get that tax advantage. Awesome. I love that. I am just so appreciative of the value that you are providing to the audience. So we talked about a variety of things from some of the pitfalls that you have seen when we don't protect ourselves. And so that's one of the things that I no longer want our audience to be oblivious to. We're going to take it head on and make sure that by the end of 2023, we have a plan, we have something in place, whether it's working with the team at Anderson Business Advisors or a team that you're comfortable with. But it's a, a very important conversation that I want our community having because again, return on energy, all of that hard work, I don't want at the end, there was something that was missed, something that was forgotten and then we're liable. And it's like, <laughs> it's all that hard work for nothing. That is like such a waste. And I, and I really don't want our community to experience um, that. So as far as some of the um, client focused, um, I would call it tools that Anderson has in place, I absolutely love um, what you shared a little bit earlier to our private group about the Platinum service line, which I think is amazing. Could you talk to us a little bit about that? Because a lot of uh, the members of our community, we we may look like a million bucks, but we're so frugal. We're out here looking at Dr. Google for advice. And so 
it, it irks me when my family and friends they're like on Google looking for advice, but yet I'm looking for like legal advice on Google myself. So it's yeah, disingenuous at best. So tell us a little bit about that platinum service because I think that's very interesting. Yeah, sure. One thing that I always kid around with our clients is I can go on YouTube and probably figure out how to remove my own spleen, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> anyway, that that's just came to, I use it all the time. So hopefully I didn't offend anybody who no, actually removes spleens. So very right uh, place. this is the right place for that conversation for sure. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so what, one of the main goals for Anderson when we started was to be proactive, like I said, and attorney fees, hourly billing rates can be very cost prohibitive. Hey, I'm just starting out. I have one house. I don't want to spend 5000 or $12,000 just talking to an attorney, right? So Toby and Clint, the two founding partners came up with this idea that we would basically have direct access to an attorney for one monthly fee. And it's unlimited, not unlimited. It, it is unlimited. So you can call us and not worry about billable hours. There's no retainer fee. 75 bucks a month, you can get access to attorneys. We are on what we call our attorney helpline from nine to four Pacific time, Monday through Friday. We have at least six attorneys all day, every day on that line, helping people out. And honestly, it's one of my favorite things to do. I get calls asking me about how do I set up my LLC? How do I structure everything best for taxes? How do I structure it best for to look great for a lender? How this happened? I have a tenant who doesn't want to leave. What do I do? I have a contractor who I paid $10,000 to remove a tree and didn't remove the tree. We're able to speak about a lot of those kind of general issues that we as real estate investors run into. It's a great service. And on top of that, we have an extensive forms library with lease agreements for most states. We have uh, equity stripping agreements. We have all kinds of forms. We, I think it's up to over 400 different forms that you can use for free. We have document review service. This is something we didn't bring up earlier. Every month you can submit up to two documents for us to review and we'll give you a legal opinion on it. Hey, do you want to sign a contract with somebody without spending $800 to have an attorney review it? Submit it through your platinum portal. We'll look it over for you. All kinds of stuff. That's, I think, the best service that Anderson has is your access to talk to an attorney to make sure that you're being proactive instead of reactive. Okay. I love that so much. The elephant in the room though, Preston, I know we spoke about Dr. Google, but what about Dr. ChatGPT? <laughs> what have you seen in the world of DIYers <laughs> trying to leverage some ChatGPT to do our own legal work? What are your thoughts? So if you really ask ChatGPT an actual legal question, it's going to say, this is a legal question. You should talk to an attorney, which I appreciate. But there's a lot of ways around that. And I've played with it a lot too. And to be quite honest with you, I've looked at it. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Right. But there's a couple of things. So one of the big things that we really pride ourselves on is being able to, we have built custom operating agreements designed for real estate investors. We have built investment strategies, tax strategies, asset protection strategies for real estate investors and small business owners. So yes, you can always ask, and hey, I, I want a basic lease agreement for an apartment building. ChatGPT will pop it out for you. Absolutely will. Is it good? Do you know? Did an attorney write it? 
is it going to protect you? Maybe. Anyway, so that's chat GPT is great for some things. It really is. And I cannot dispute that, but I think when it comes down to the important things, the back end stuff, it's like how many clamps are left on the table before and after surgery, right? That's where we come in. You're absolutely right. And I love this conversation because I know it's something that's going to keep coming up again and again. And having a first stab at something with ChatGPT, I think, um, is a great approach, but I haven't found it to provide me a final, right. the final say, but having a first stab. I tell the members of our community, ChatGPT is like that intern that hasn't quite graduated yet yes. alongside me and just go back and forth on some ideas, but it's not quite... <laughs> <laughs> Not quite there, but the one you can send for the obscure legal reference or, or <laughs> medical reference. Hey, go research this for a few hours because I, I don't have time to do it myself. No, I get it. I did want to come back to creative financing if we okay, still have. Yeah, that. let's do that because so, that's huge now. Everyone's talking about creative finance. Give it to us, Preston. Yeah, we work with a lot of investors who do a lot of the creative financing. So they're doing subject to mortgages. They're doing seller financing kind of things. They're doing lease to owns. They're doing lease sandwiches where you go and lease to own from one person and then you lease to own to somebody else, or you go and lease to own from one person and then you short-term rental it. So you're doing this lease arbitrage. And so each one of those has a very specific approach that you need to use to avoid things like due on sale clauses. That's a huge one, especially with the interest rates going up, because all of the banks now are really starting to look at, okay, instead of charging 2.85%, I could be charging 6.85% on the same loan. We're losing a lot of money, right? So banks are just, they're really analyzing that. And it's getting down to the point where if you change the address on your tax statement and they get wind of it, they're asking about it. Wow. Yeah, but we work with people to avoid that. So we use land trusts, we use business entities. We really have a lot of great strategies that we can help avoid the lender getting word that, hey, I took this property subject to the existing mortgage. How are you going to set that up? We're going to use a land trust. We're going to use LLCs. We're going to have the specific person be the trustee. We're going to name it in a certain way. And we do all of those things just to help avoid any issues with banks coming in. Or with potential tenants down the line. Hey, what if you need to evict them? Do you have standing? I don't know. There's a lot of things that, you know, as attorneys, we think about. I joke with my wife all the time. I'm like driving like a 10 miles an hour under the speed limit constantly. She's like, why aren't you driving the speed limit? I'm like, because all I see is liability everywhere. But yeah, so just so you know, like that's becoming huge. Like that alternative financing is, it, it's a huge market. You just have to be very careful in navigating those waters and set up the deal just right so that lender doesn't get wind of what you're doing. Because if they do, they'll call the loan. Gotcha. Okay, so that makes a whole lot of sense. And I thank you for circling back on that because I know that's something our community is definitely interested in. And the biggest deterrent is, you know what, this, the hassle with not knowing how to set it up is the bottleneck really, but knowing that Anderson can help streamline that process, I think it's just absolutely amazing. So how does Anderson stay up to date then? Because obviously the sandwich leaves, the wraparound, all of that is very creative. So what is it that you all do to stay up to date on not only the laws and regulations, but some of the dynamic creativity that can be 
put together out there to just give the members of the community some of the best outcomes? Yeah, I think the biggest part is we're investors ourselves. So we're always looking for it. And I, I just bought my house with owner financing. The house I live in right now, I just bought it with owner financing. It took me 17 days from viewing to close on that house. Like, I love that. So we're we're all doing it every day. So we're up on the cutting edge because one, we're talking to hundreds of clients every day about, hey, oh, that's an interesting thought. Let me look into that and see. But we're also out there doing the same thing. We're employing all of our own tactics. It's not do as I say, not as I do. It's do as I do because it works for me. So it'll work for you, which is fantastic. Clint and Toby, they have a huge real estate portfolio together. Michael Bowman, our third partner, he has his own real estate portfolio. So again, it's not, like, hey, we're, just, we're attorneys telling you what to do. It's we're real estate investors who happen to go to law school, but we're sharing all of our tactics with you. Mm. So like the peak under the hood, my friends, which I absolutely love. Okay, so Tazneem has a question. I think this is a really good one. I think there's it gets muddled for sure. So Tazneem says, in general, if one lender is requiring you to close title, not mortgage, in an LLC, will this impact cost segregation and the deduction against W-2? Yeah, it's interesting to have a lender say that you have to close in an LLC. So that's probably a hard money or some sort of alternate financing. Or business purpose or something. Yeah. Yeah. But the great thing is you tell the IRS how you want your LLC taxed. So if you want your LLC to be disregarded to you, then you can have all of that depreciation roll down to your 1040. It's just disregarded. Now, it depends on what state you live in, what state the property is in and those kinds of things. But yeah, you can absolutely just tell the IRS how you want it taxed and it doesn't change because there's no, when we're talking about LLCs, there's no tax code for LLCs. We tell the IRS how we want it taxed. So an LLC can be taxed as a proprietorship. It can be taxed as a partnership, can be taxed as an S corp and it can be taxed as a C corp and you get to choose which is fantastic. It's a great it's a great entity and you can change it subject to some limitations in the future if whatever you're taxed as doesn't work out great for you. So yeah, you can absolutely close in that LLC especially if this is if you're using hard money and then if you're doing a short-term rental you can do that cost seg and have all that depreciation roll down to your W2. Just make sure that you are if you're doing the cost seg and you're trying to take advantage of that, you have enough passive income that you want to offset or you want to carry it forward. Or if you're trying to offset W-2, there's some very specific rules on that. So you have to be a real estate professional. Or, you know, if you're married filing jointly, a spouse could be a real estate professional. Or if you're looking at it, if you start your short-term rental business at the end of the year and you're the one doing the most work out of anybody else, you can also qualify to have that offset your W-2. We have a lot of MDs that will take the last four weeks of the year off from their W-2 job and just run their short-term rentals for the last four weeks. It counts for the whole tax year, take that depreciation, and then go back to work on January 2nd. And You just told them my whole secret. You told them my whole strategy. (laughs) Preston, come on. (laughs) It's a fantastic strategy. Shouldn't be a secret. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a good one. Yeah. Oh my yeah. Gosh. So there's those are like the two main ones to offset a high W2. I love that. I love that. Dimitri is asking, do you have to be a paying client to take advantage of the platinum membership? So platinum membership is a monthly subscription and there is an upfront cost. Generally, if you attend one of our live events, they have a really good deal on that upfront cost and sometimes they just throw it in. But yeah, so right now it's $75 a month after the upfront fee, which honestly, I don't know off the top of my head, but for 75 bucks a month, I have one client that I talk to six hours a month. (laughs) But outside of that, do you have to be a client, a full on retained client like you guys are doing my tax prep as well as my estate planning so I can just come off the streets? (laughs) Whatever you want. We're flexible. If you just want platinum and we have clients that just have platinum, we have clients that just have, we'll set up one LLC for them and that's all they wanted. We also offer, so we offer a registered agent service in all 50 states. Oh, okay. And if, so that's something I didn't mention earlier. Yeah, right. (laughs) We offer like a corporate headquarters mail forwarding service. So that way you don't have to use your home address as any of the business entities. You don't want Um, Yeah. So we've, the partners have really come up with this holistic approach where it's, Hey, we want people to be able to come to us and say, I own four rental properties. Do what you need to do. Take care of it. I'm going to go do my job. And that's what we do. I love that. And that's how I have built out the coaching practice as well, because I, every time there is a bottleneck and I know that I'm not going to solve it. My mom says I'm an amazing designer. My designer says I'm like a two out of 10. So (laughs) I onboard some of the best designers to come and help the members out. I know asset protection is important. I'm onboarding. Anderson business advisors to provide us guidance on our next best steps. And so just being that resource that can provide our members with the the information as far as what I'm looking at to make sure that all the hard work that we're putting into our our future, we don't just let it go poof. So I I love that. I love that mindset of being a a one-stop solution for all of the needs because being an investor as well as a provider of these services you get to see what all the needs are for yourself personally, as well as those in your community. Okay. Yeah. So Tasneem, she just confirmed it's a portfolio lender. So does that sound about right? As far as yep. wanting to close in the LLC? Okay. Yeah. You're good to close in that LLC and then just tell the IRS how you want to tax. Here at Anderson, if we were going to do it, we would set you up with the holding company for anonymity purposes and then put the property into a state specific LLC that is owned hundred percent by the holding company. And I recommend if you guys have time and you want to jump down the infinite hole that is YouTube, look for Clint Coons, Anderson Business Advisors, and Toby Mathis, Anderson Business Advisors. And they have hundreds of hours of how to set up all the specific kinds of things that you would want to set up. It's a great place to start. The other thing is we do have our live events. It's every other week. And and we have between six and eight attorneys in the background answering all questions like this. Hey, if I'm going to close in an LLC, how do I, can I still take advantage of the depreciation? We have eight, six to eight attorneys in the background answering those questions the whole time. We generally do about 1,500 to 2,000 questions in one of those events. And what I love about that live event that you all hold and guys, please look at attending one of those live events, but it's, 
it's the power hours. It is a lot of information. You're drinking from a fire hose. It's definitely not something you want to listen to in passing. You actually want to take notes because there are a lot of great tips and tricks and it actually has you challenging some of what you have heard on the, the water cooler attorney. Yeah. And there is a specific link for your gems clients in yeah, your community. You so that. make sure and use that link. Okay, I will. And I look forward to attending the next one as well. I do want to lean into a manifesting that I love tax stuff and asset protection stuff because usually <laughs> nobody loves it. Um, but the result, I focus on the result that all of this hard work wasn't in vain. So that's what, what I'm leaning into. So I do have something very specific that is a bit nuanced. I do want to ask you, Preston. So we have a community of midterm rental investors. And this question came up in the community group a couple of times. So we have midterm rental investors. And one of the strategies that we leverage is the insurance policy holder strategy, where we're actually host able to host individuals who are displaced from their homes due to a disaster and they stay in our home. And unfortunately, you know how it goes with contractors and supply chain, all of that. It's not going to take 30 days to get that home that is 30% um, impacted by a fire back to a livable state or a major water pipe that bursts back to a livable state or a fallen tree or some type of disaster. And oftentimes we find ourselves in a predicament that we're fully booked and we have other um, inquiries that keep coming in. And so in order to share the wealth and solve a problem, we create this midterm rental network. And so now we can pass on these uh, opportunities to other members in the network who tighten it. i and it just started organically, specifically in my current location. But since I'm a resource in the insurance companies, they know me. They ask questions like, do you have something in Missouri? I'm like, sure. And so I reach out to my network and let them know there's a lead. But now this whole line of service that is popping up, because whenever there's opportunity or even anxiety, there's opportunity to, to create a solution. So we have members who are very dialed into this and they love the strategy so much that they're fully booked, but they're getting leads. So they're sourcing more and more leads out. So say I have one member who gets about 20 leads per day. And so he, what his strategy is to share those leads with individuals, almost like wholesaling them, gets a cut off the top, say 500 bucks or maybe a thousand bucks, whatever it is to get the lead or whatever that structure may be. And so what the question that I would have is, what are some liability considerations for something like that? If any, is that something that you would want them or him or us to have a conversation where we just hash it out? Not that I want to be named on anything per se, but I just think it's a great conversation to have because it's turning out to be a, quite a lucrative opportunity for them to be a resource to find the leads, find the homeowner, pair them together. And I think the rest, I think it's just great that he's able to do that. But some of the questions that did pop up were, what are some liability considerations that we may not know to look at? I don't know if you can speak to that at all. Yeah, sure. When we're talking about leads, as long as there's not some sort of professional association that would say you can't do that. So like okay. attorneys, I can't charge a referral fee. 
I'm an attorney. I just can't do it. It's looked poorly upon. It's against our code of ethics, right? Mm -hmm. But in this instance, you're not really doing that. And and there's no regulatory body of leads. So I think that (laughs) he'd probably be okay. Now, things to watch out for. If the insurance company is reaching out to him and they're asking, hey, do you have a referral? Great. Refer away. If they're like, hey, here's a contract and he's, oh, I'm going to go find a way to fill the contract, then that kind of puts you on the hook. Wholesaling, like in wholesaling. Yeah, like similar to wholesaling. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. what I felt like. I was like, this is like a different wholesaling type of scenario. Yeah. And like Angie, they used to be home advisor. Now it's Angie's leads or whatever. Mm -hmm. They don't really have any kind of liability for the leads they provide because they're just leads. But if they were signing contracts with homeowners for roof repair and then subcontracting it out, then they would be on the hook. Same thing with your wholesales. Like if you're the wholesaler and you sign on that purchase agreement and your ultimate buyer backs out, you're on the hook. It's Mm. part of it, right? So it's part of because you're on the contract. But there's some nuance there if the seller agrees to completely forgive it. But anyway, but yeah, so just as far as a referral network, I think you're fine. And I think networking is... In the world we live in right now, networking is the most important thing that any real estate investor can do. Yeah. Whether you're doing wholesaling, whether you're doing fix and flips, whether you're doing long-term buy and holds, whatever it is, if you're doing the Burr method, whatever it is, network, network, make that your side hustle. What did you do today? Oh, I went to a real estate networking cocktail hour, right? <laughs> so. No, you're absolutely right. And I love it because it's, what I love about the whole vibe of the midterm rental, it is a team sport. There's no way you can personally fulfill. So imagine sharing a lead and opportunity to another investor. So there's this really big sharing economy with it. And so if someone figured out how to continue to pump in leads to the community, I'm all for it for sure. But that's really cool. So yeah, so we'll definitely tap in if anything specific comes up because I'm super excited about everything that you guys are providing for the community. Thank you so much for the six hours of training every two weeks on Saturdays and then sometimes on Thursdays, which I think is such an amazing resource. I cannot believe the stamina that (laughs) the guys have planned and team to just go on and on answering all of those questions. So that is such a value add. So guys, I'm going to link all of that information in the show notes for you all. Please be sure to check it out. It is drinking from a a fire hose. Get your coffee, brace yourself because it is good. And they really come in bringing the gems. And finally, any parting advice? There's one piece of advice you can give to our listeners, especially as medical professionals who are looking to get into real estate investing. What would that be, Preston? Yeah, I I think that there's a couple of things. The first thing I would say is know what your focus is. And that's probably something where we have the most issue where people are like, I want to invest in real estate. Okay, but what do you want to do? So know what your focus is. If you're going to do short-term rentals, if you're going to do midterm rentals, if you're going to do long-term buy and holds, at least know where you're starting. That way we can help set up something for you. If you don't know, we don't know. So know that. And then the other thing is really... Don't try to DIY. Don't don't pinch your pennies and, and lose a dollar. It's one of those things where, like I said before, I'm not going to cut out my own spleen. Could I do it? Probably. I'd probably mess everything else up at the same time, right? That's why I leave it to, into capable medical professionals' hands. I'm not an expert in it. But what I am an expert in 
is asset protection, tax minimization, and estate planning. So go to the experts, trust the experts to do their job. It's going to save you a whole lot of headache in the future. And that's the big thing. Whether it's Anderson or somebody else, obviously we would love to have you, but if it's somebody else, that's fine too. But employ professionals because you just don't have time. You don't have time. You're too busy doing the thing that you're really good at. Let us do it. what we're really good at. Oh, so it reminds me, I don't know if I have that book here, but who, not how, right? We're always trying to figure out, okay, how can I go ahead and do my own cost degradation, optimize my taxes? And no, this is definitely a who, (laughs) who can I find that can do this at the highest possible level? Yeah, who, not how, for sure. And if you haven't read, that is uh, a book by Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin Hardy, game changer, especially for us who are trying to DIY our entire lives. Let's not cut out our own spleens and (laughs) and hope for the best. Preston, I cannot thank you enough. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I have shared the link in the chat notes. Is there any other place we should be looking to find you? How can the community get in touch with you? Is that link the best place? Why don't you let us know? Yeah. So Anderson, we're on Anderson Business AndersonAdvisors.com, not business advisors. AndersonAdvisors.com. Check out Clint and Toby's YouTube channels. They're amazing. Clint Coons, Toby Mathis. They just, they they drop so much knowledge. It's a constant stream. It's fantastic. Check those out. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Anderson Advisors is on LinkedIn. If you have any questions, if you want to set up a one-on-one consult, there's absolutely no obligation. We do 45 minutes for free just to talk through what you have going on. We're happy to do that. You can do that on our website. You can also email me directly if you're interested. And Dr. Rachel has my email address and she can put that in the show notes as well. But yeah, just let us know. If you do email me directly, make sure and mention gems. That way I know where you came from. I probably get 300 emails a day. So. Awesome. I love that. And so thank you again, Preston, for joining us today. Uh, You provided us so much um, insightful information. Totally appreciate your time and we appreciate your expertise. Massive thank you to you. Just gratitude. I love it. A ton of gratitude. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was that elephant in the room conversation that we were avoiding, but we had to have it, guys. We're going to bring the truth. So again, thank you so much for the value. And until next week, guys, you all have a wonderful and amazing evening. And like my friend Ruben says, go and conquer the rest of your week. 